Hey friends, welcome to Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. I'm your host, Julia. And on today's show, Christina K is back and we're talking soul. Soul released December 25th, 2020 on Disney+. Plus. The movie stars Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey, as well as a whole host of incredible actors with voices undeniably recognizable. In a review on RogerEpert.com, one critic writes, Soul will prove to be of historical interest because despite the transformation issue and when it isn't getting wrapped up in a goofy afterlife shenanigans, it's the most unapologetically Black Pixar project yet released. Its portrayal of jazz is not only accurate in terms of its soundtrack of classic cuts and depiction of performance, but also its wider cultural context. Robert Daniels from Polygon.com writes, Soul is Pixar's first film with a Black protagonist, but the story never accepts the narrative complexities of Blackness. It's a film where the Black character is either a blue blob or a cat for much of the action, but is rarely in his own black body. It's a film where where a supposedly raceless character takes over a black body, causing the black character to minimize his own dreams for a symbiotic good. Soul opens as a story about finding individual purpose in life, but when the nebulous character 22 enters the fray, the animated jazz odyssey becomes a wholly different tale. Okay, before we dive into discussion, we got to welcome Christina because she's here. We're glad. Hi, Hi, friend. Hi, I missed you. It feels like it's been forever and not just like you on the podcast, but just like in general. It has been. I've moved since I've last seen you. Like, um, that's right. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Life's hard and then you die. Can I just say really quick, I don't want to be creepy, but I was watching you read and you're so pretty when you read. Like you get into like a little trance and your face gets like really calm and like focused and like I couldn't stop staring at you. It was nice. So should I, I so add focused. that? Thank you. Should I add that in my dating profile as a thing? Yes. <laughs> My what if I I'm really try pretty to get, read. we'll get like a picture of you reading and that way we can really get that essence out there. <laughs> I, one of my favorite pictures of you is the one of you on your couch reading. Oh, yep. That's a good photo. Go I turned figure. that into a watercolor painting. Yeah, I love that one. I should do a whole series of like reading paintings, like different. I do a whole series of you reading books in different places staged mm-hmm. on your instagram because it's a cool thing i fucking love reading so much <laughs> sorry i didn't i didn't mean to just immediately digress us <laughs> it's fine that's my that's my job on this podcast listen you paid me a compliment so i'm gonna take it i'll allow it she's like we'll ride this train it's fine let's go yeah tell me I'm pretty again just kidding don't do that tell me more more. what else did you like about me tell me about my eyelashes were they nice (laughs) okay 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 let's do a real quick summary to refresh our memories of what soul is about and who better to quote than the source itself Pixar from Disney Soul introduces Joe Gardner, a middle school band teacher who gets the chance of a lifetime to play the best jazz club in town. But one small misstep takes him from the streets of New York City to the great before, a fantastical place where new souls get their personalities, quirks, and interests before they go to earth. 
Determined to return to his life, Joe teams up with precocious soul 22, who has never understood the appeal of the human experience. As Joe desperately tries to show 22 what's great about living, he may just discover the answer to some of life's most important questions. I do also want to add, there's going to be spoilers. One and two, Soul won the Academy Award in 2021 for Best Achievement in Written Music for Motion Picture and Best Animated Feature Film. In an article on shadowandact.com, Aramide Tinabu writes, like previous films from the famed animated studio, Soul is nuanced and layered, but it's not perfect. Yet despite the serious themes, the richness of the narrative and the stunning jazz score make it more than worthwhile. More than anything, it's a film that reminds us to chase our dreams as Joe does, but to live life to its fullest potential in the midst of doing so. Soul is a reminder that life is about more than just existing. And since we have this conversation on the regular, let's start there. <laughs> Do let's you agree? start there. Uh, okay. Yes. hundred percent. I watched this movie right in the thick of the season of grief. Yeah. We lost my father-in-law in February and we ended up watching this movie um, probably a couple weeks after fully all the way through. And for me, I just focused so much on, because we lost him to mental health issues. I focused on the storyline that was existing. Isn't about achieving any one thing. It's not about making sure you do X, Y, Z to get here. It's not about doing this. It's about those little moments, like seeing that leaf fall Mm -hmm. and it looked like a little butterfly on the way down. It's tasting that pizza and it tastes so good. And it's hearing, you know, like your mom laugh and like it filling your heart with joy. Like those really are. And it's like, we talk about it all the time, like appreciate the little moments, but it's like, When you really sit there and especially in the thick of grief, when you realize like we put so much burden on ourselves to achieve so much as humans, when really I think life is all about just collecting experiences, appreciating them for what they are and realizing that the human collection has to come with pain and happiness mm-hmm. and it has to come twofold. So just as much as you think that, and I, I kind of trick myself in this all the time. If you, whenever you're sad, like, and you, you think you deserve it, you think this or whatever, try to trick yourself and go, if I think that I was put here to deserve all this pain and sorrow, who am I as a human to say that I wasn't also put here to experience happiness and joy? Right. And then on the other hand, when you've had all this happiness and joy, and then you suddenly get pain and sorrow, think about that. Like I was here to collect all these experiences. I've had so many joyful, wonderful, happy ones. Who am I to say, I don't deserve a painful one every now and then. Mm -hmm. I think when you start to think about life more as like a big wave or a roller coaster and like really truly think about that metaphor, you think about the ups and the downs and the fact that when you go down that fast, it brings you up inside and then you hit that bottom. And then when you go back up, it starts to bring you down inside. Mm -hmm. Think about that in your body. When you start when you're going up on that roller coaster, you don't feel like it's anything exciting. You don't feel like it's anything good, but it's all the good stuff that's coming and you don't see it until you're going down the other side. Yeah. It's kind of crazy too, because it 
challenges that concept that we have to do things all in this linear path, right? It was, you have to do well in school. You have to get a good SAT score. You have to get it to a good college. You have to do, have to, have to, have to, because then mm-hmm. you're going to have all these things that are going to make you happy and it's going to be great. You have to find love this particular way. You have to be married by 25. You have to have your kids shortly thereafter, all this shit. And then if you aren't a person who falls into that line of like, I'm going to call it an infantry. Cause that's what it feels like. <laughs> then you're kind of fucked. And like, Joe doesn't fall in that. He's an artist. He's a musician. He has this passion and there's no value. And you see that in his hall of memories, right. In the, in the sense of like what our society says is valuable. And so when you see him in his hall of memories with 22 and he's just like, there's just so many parts where he's sad and he's sitting there alone or he's being rejected. And that was so heartbreaking to watch because when you're an artist trying to find your path, not you found your passion and you're trying to like survive on it and make that your living, nobody values it. Nobody's taking it seriously. Him becoming the art teacher is what matters, right? Mm-hmm. Like that music teacher, rather. That is the end all be all goal. You've been offered a full-time job to be a music teacher at a middle school. It's no longer part-time and you all these benefits, but there's no consideration externally that it could be soul crushing for him and that it would file him under just existing. And that breaks my heart because I know that story so well, personally running it's more than achievements it's It's about collecting experiences and and I think that like I'm sorry I'm totally touching on your subject right now so you can I want you to jump off of it I think (laughs) that um one of the characters in the movie it was one of the blobs I don't the the shepherding blobs it said that like oh you and your mentors and your passions it's so silly and he walks off and that stuck with me it was like he again is reiterating the fact that it's like you are not destined to do any one specific thing you're not destined to go achieve any one big thing you're just meant to go and experience life yeah and and to explore in the way that you want to explore and exist in the way that you want to exist like there's this construct that was developed over the last you know well hundreds of years that sort of forced us into this um you know survival mode you have to do you have to kill yourself to survive which is just cruel and I think soul sort of isn't just a reminder like this author saying to that we need to do more than exist but I also think it kind of challenges like this is how y'all think and this is how we and, and maybe you should reconsider that like this isn't okay not everyone fits into this standard issued manila envelope where they can just sit and do whatever from nine to five like that's not yeah I think too I was gonna ask you I was thinking about it last night do you think that because we have more access now as creative um like you want to call it content creators or just creative people or you know whatever you want to call yourself in that like an artist in that sense, if you have a creative mind and that's where your passion lies, it's hard for 
you to find value in yourself a lot because a lot of people don't find value in you and your work until Mm -hmm. you're already successful, Mm -hmm. which doesn't make sense because the whole point leading up is the favorite part when people look back after you're successful. They look at your success story and they look at all your like grinding through the dirt, but they don't want to be there for you during that grinding through the dirt. They don't want to be those supportive people that go, I love that you're doing that for Mm -hmm. you. And like, and I've, I've definitely done that to people too. And I've noticed that. And so I'm trying to correct, like course correct myself and go like now be overly complimentative about people seriously following whatever little dreams or passion projects or exciting things and avenues that they have, because I think We just need more encouragement to keep finding new things to be excited about life about. Yeah. We're not meant to be excited about life for 40 years about plumbing. Like what? You think that that's Joe's project or, you know, like, right. Like what he wants to do. What he was put on the earth to do was to be a plumber. No disrespect to plumbers. We need you. No, we do. But I'm just saying that's probably not your one and only passion. You probably like gardening or something else. I don't know. I think with, when it comes to people trying to like make their livelihood through the thing that they're good at, that doesn't fall in the constructs of what we know to be quote acceptable. Yeah. There's, it's not fear, but it's definitely like, well, and we've had this conversation before. I hear this shit all the time from my artist friends who have spouses who aren't in a similar artistic industry. Like maybe they are, but they have like a steady job in that industry. So it's not the same same. because it's still a nine to five. And, you know, it's a whole lot of like, this is hard. When are you going to get a real job? Um, Because there is that inconsistency. Sometimes there is that sort of like, what am I trying to say? It's kind of like Joe's mom. It's hard. She keeps kind of pushing him. Like, what are you going to, you're just going to chase this your whole life. And she makes that, you know, yeah. She makes that comment where it's like your father and I did not do these jobs to spend money for you to go to school, for you to gig your whole life. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, I was just like, God, I know so many artistic and creative people who have heard that speech Mm -hmm. and it's not okay because it's a literal long game trying to make it big. Like all of these writers, all of these actors that were suddenly, that are suddenly exploding. And you're like, where have they been? Well, they've been around for 20 fucking years. They're just now they, they did the groundwork to get to this point And now it's paying off. Yeah. Like that's the difference. It's like med school. Like you're in medical school forever before you're a doctor making decent money. It's like what, like 13 years or some bullshit between yeah. starting you put yourself in a lot of debt to do it. Yeah. So from Most like starting people- starting freshman year of college all the way through your residency, like you're actively in an education mode. So how is that more valuable than an artist or a writer or a painter or a photographer? I mean, yes, they're saving lives, but also how boring would life be if we didn't have people who created? Also like again, like everything's a twofold. If all we had were doctors and nurses and stuff, they wouldn't have anybody to like patch up without the creatives, without them daredevils, without the people that want to go explore mother nature a little bit too ballsy. Like there's the reason we're all, we all have so many complex things is because we really are meant to come here and collect as many different types of experiences 
as we can. And the more that you collect, the more avenues you open yourself up to, to see what else you might like. And sometimes when you go down one of those avenues, you didn't even know existed, that might be really where your happiness lies or really where like your passion, like your project lies, or heck, it might even just be a job that makes you happy enough that you can do your other stuff that makes you happy. You know, like you don't know, but if you keep going through life and you keep saying yes to all the different options and stop feeling stuck because you're trying to set this one passion or one goal, like I think you'll have a a more fruitful life. Yeah. I also think it's kind of a cautionary tale too of like, look where you're walking, homie. (laughs) Like you're, he was so excited and I didn't catch it. You're not looking at anything around. Well, the first time I watched it, I didn't catch it. But in the beginning when he gets the call for the gig or whatever, like he walks and I mean, I, I caught it, but it didn't register because I don't know where it's going. So the second time it registers, right. He walks under a thing of bricks that falls shortly after he passes by, you know, there's all these, you know, fruits on the side of the road that he could have slipped on. Um, he walks through traffic Mm -hmm. and like narrowly gets missed by hitting a car. So he's like, you know, running out of chances of not having some sort of catastrophe happen that I was just like, when he fell through the manhole, I was like, oh my God, he could have died sooner. (laughs) Like, this is horrifying. Joe, I don't know if you know this, but you could have died three other times before this. And this is the worst one because you fell in a manhole. Like, like I don't know. I guess I don't know. Being hit by none of them would be great. Like la- piles of bricks landing on you, getting hit by a car, slipping into traffic because you t- stepped on a banana. All of those also, sound horrifying. Falling in a manhole just sounds like the worst porno. <laughs> just like really enunciated the word manhole and I just <laughs> stuck in my head and I'm like oh my <sighs> terrible I'm sorry didn't mean to die it's fine I don't even I, know I what I didn't think about the fact that he did I noticed it the first couple I did notice it every time that he almost like died but I didn't think about it in the sense of like yeah, he literally just used up all of them at once. Like all of his get out of jail free cards at once. And that's like my biggest fear is to fall into the ground because something's open. Like I won't fall, walk. This sinkholes? is so paranoid. Just like any, sinkholes? sinkholes are terrifying, but like man-made things too. Like, you know how there's yeah. those grates that you have to walk over sometimes on a sidewalk. Yeah, I'm not like walking those. over that shit. Yeah. Like that is my biggest, I, I'm worried it won't hold my weight mm-hmm. and it'll fall in. If my dog won't walk over it, I won't walk over it. He's right. got a good judge character. Right. <laughs> Even the things on the floor. Right. What Pixar is trying to do in this situation or with this film is to be like, you know, Joe's convinced that p- playing piano is his passion so much so that he forgot to pay attention to the rest of the world around him. And it took 22's self-exploration for him to realize that. And I think that speaks to having connections and relationships too because he doesn't really have that he doesn't Mm -hmm. really have a ton of friends he's just sort of sitting around waiting for his big break to happen he's not doing anything more than just like part-time teaching and like visiting his mom and so here comes 22 who's just like I hate earth but then starts to sort of appreciate all the little things that we love like first of all I love that it takes place in autumn because 
the transitional seasons are my favorite spring and fall. Mm -hmm. Those are just the most, I feel like the most beautiful, but I also love winter, but that's not the point. The point is, is summer's the only one where I'm just like, I feel like it's, I'm dying. It's death. This is death right now. So I love, I thought that was a really smart move because it creates this level of nostalgia and ability to be more appreciative because so much is changing in fall Mm -hmm. that it just feels beautiful the slight wind breeze the thing falling from the sky that you mentioned earlier like all of these things just felt so beautiful and so for them to sit back and be like you know joe to finally like not fully catch it but later on reflect on 22 taking it in i thought that was beautiful it was i also think that 22 was able to do all that because she didn't want to be there. So everything she said came out so authentic, Mm -hmm. like with the barbershop, when she was talking, she made Joe's friends all be captivated by Joe because she was just speaking herself. She was so soulful. She was soulful. (laughs) She was soulful. (laughs) And, um, there's an, oh, and like with the mom, she like, she talked back to mom and then like, you see Joe, which is like wild because you don't talk, you don't talk back to your mama like that. I was like, Ooh, that boy's getting slapped. And then he didn't. (laughs) My mom would have slapped me. (laughs) Like, yeah, that took some 22 had some cojones. 22 Um, had no idea what she was doing. (laughs) No, she did not. Um, but yeah, I think that her, her way of going about it. So like so carefree so like just Kinda not innocent a, yeah it's it is it's a childlike innocence about it to just blurt everything out that you're feeling and then everyone else was so receptive and it made joe go oh my god i can connect you know mm-hmm. he re- he was reminded again about all the connections he kind of put at bay yeah. and like even at 22 got to experience connection too because she got to help the little girl on the staircase with the trumpet oh yeah and she oh. was like wait a second you came here to quit, but now she doesn't want to quit. (laughs) Like she just had a whole like meltdown and that was her realization. Like that was so awesome. That kind of was nice to see that breakdown that like, yeah, that's what we're saying. Like there are going to be all these hard times. You are going to say like, I don't want to do this, but then that's what makes it so good. That's what makes the good parts good is feeling all the parts where you're like over it. (laughs) Yeah. And that trombone player student is so incredibly talented like in earlier in the movie we see her kind of getting in the zone while she's playing and of course middle school they make fun of her for it and she's embarrassed but joe sees in her Mm -hmm. that she doesn't just have talent she also has the passion and that's the combination that really takes you far and it was just so beautiful to see that in the beginning and then to see her kind of come around and in, in, in the end of her portion of the of the movie where she's like, I'm gonna quit, but first I want you, you know, like all you said. And it was just, yeah, it was a great moment. Yeah. It just makes me sad how awful middle schoolers can be to each other because had she really quit, like how shitty the rest of her life is gonna be because she's gonna regret quitting. <laughs> yeah. But I also think like, I don't I don't know. Let's move on. I can go all day about that one. Soul is the first Pixar feature film that slates a black character as the lead. In his article on Polygon.com, Mr. Daniel goes on to say, in grafting a black lead character onto an initially non-black story, directors Pete Docter and Kent Powers and their co-writer Mike Jones 
portray the comforts of Black life, yet miss its intricacies. They've unwittingly crafted what's known as a passing narrative, a story that betrays its Black protagonist in favor of the white good. I didn't get that deep when I first saw the movie. I was so focused on the artist element, a man who spent his entire life playing, waiting for his big break, teaching middle school music classes, only to get his chance at the hands of his former student, suffer a near fatal accident that delays his path. Mr. Daniels also makes reference in that same article to movies like Black Klansman and Sorry to Bother You as an example of how humans tend to assume one's racial identity by the sound of their voice. But when you think of movies whose premise centers around body swapping, such as Freaky Friday, both of them, because there's a 70s version and a 90s version, and the change-up, where the characters' personas are swapped, but they still physically appear to be the same, or films like 17 Again, Big or Little, where the character becomes a different version of themselves. In Soul, when 22 and Joe head back to Earth, 22 lands in Joe's body, and Joe lands in a cat. When focused on the characters, you can hear 22's voice coming out of Joe and Joe's voice coming out of the cat. When you zoom out a little bit, the cat appears to be a cat. No one but 22 in Joe's body sees or hears anything but a cat, right? When Joe is in scenes with other characters, he doesn't sound like Joe. He remains sounding like 22, except the scene when he's with his mom, when she's fitting him for his father's suit. His speech goes from 22's voice to Joe's voice. So here's my question. Considering body swapping movies of the past, does Pixar fail in its body swapping technique by not leaving Jamie Foxx in Joe's body after Joe and 22 land back on Earth? Okay, so I had texted you after I got um, some of the notes that we were going to cover on this podcast and I was like oh my god I feel so bad because I didn't notice these things the first time around because like I said I was watching this mainly with like a grief lens so I was yeah. looking at the bigger purpose yeah so which then Christine I totally it out, which like, is totally fair by the way because I didn't know it either until I started reading articles two months after I watched the movie <laughs> and I was like oh this was an issue fuck like I feel like a failed black person because I didn't pick up on this go ahead sorry <laughs> no that's I'm fair like I I literally was like oh crap I thought this movie was about souls like I thought we were <laughs> like that's what I was taking this from like hold on we get deeper which uh but that's what's so wonderful about Pixar I love that they always add layers to their movies whether mm-hmm. they're right or not however I will say I now that I noticed it it really bugged me that 22's voice would go in and out of Joe's voice so like the scene that we mentioned earlier with the creator it stayed Tina's face voice rather than Mm -hmm. it being Joe's voice so it removes that body swapping element of he's still like it still presents as Joe yeah because like it's just because in freaky in freaky Friday in the change-up in the change-up which is a hilarious movie with ryan reynolds and uh jason bateman if anyone hasn't seen it they sound and look exactly like that human but mm-hmm. the personality has changed so it's a different acting technique now you have to act like somebody else so it so you know my but after i kind of read that stuff i was like actually yeah pixar i do kind of think that you didn't grasp the body swapping technique the way in which we know it and understand it for it to be effective 
or at least the way that we know it and understand it for this specific movie for you to get a better recept like better receptiveness is that a word I don't, I don't know. know but <laughs> I'll take my like from the, from the audience like the, the reason there was a big criticism is because like you said it's an it's the first unapologetically like black centered lead character so immediately people are going to be mad when then you take away all of their blackness yeah and rightfully so like that's not fair so like now coming in after knowing that and like watching it the second time I also saw all the different like little caveats where we could have yeah we could have just had 20 to act like we could have done what you said I don't know how to say it as eloquently as you but like that acting method is what they should have went with where Mm -hmm. Joe's voice always was Jamie Foxx no matter if it was 22 acting like Joe or not Mm -hmm. and then the cat but I think that's where they is that where they had to have it see and that's the hard part right because have here's where I was thinking last let's fix Pixar's problems yeah let's go right we're solving your problem Pixar we're solving it in every scene where it was just Cat and the and Joe, it, it could have been Cat, Jamie Foxx, Joe, Tina Fey. Yes. But when you remove them from being alone, the barber shop, when he's at his mom's sewing shop with the student, etc., it could have been Joe and Joe. <gasps> yes. Because also, they're not seeing, they don't know that it's not like, if your voice is different to me, Christina, I'm gonna be like, the fuck is wrong with you? Who are you? This isn't Christina's voice. Yes, but better yet, what if when Joe was just talking to the cat, like not talking to the people in the barbershop, because that's the perfect scene to talk about this. Yeah. When Joe's talking to the cat, it could be Joe's voice. 22 could have Joe's voice talking to the cat. And then when the cat, like you said, yeah, like when the cat talks. Because there's that bit in the barbershop where the cat looks like so, a cat. Uh, to here's the barber. A, when you zoom, yes, when you zoom out in the lens and like, I lost it, but I just That's had okay. It. We're going to get back. We're going to get there because you bring up a really good point with the barbershop. That's an excellent scene. That was a scene where they could have demonstrated how her conversation with just the cat is 22's voice but then her conversation with everyone else is joe's voice and they didn't do that nope and if they had done that then i think there would have been more of a and same with like the student if it was joe's voice that whole time but like 22's wonder and awe behind it Mm -hmm. it would still have the same effect kids would not have known the difference correct because we have been conditioned by body swapping movies for years 50 fucking years or more cartoons do it all the time all the time with no words exactly and so you know jamie fox wasn't was now removed from being able to demonstrate his acting abilities because now he can't he doesn't get to voice perform as 22 which would have been so much more powerful i think and his lost soulness yeah also, who doesn't want to hear Jamie Foxx acting like a child? I think, like we mentioned before, body swapping is such a t- time-honored, not even a time-honored, it is such an old technique that mm-hmm. I don't know if Pixar was trying to, like, spice in it up or take their version of it, but I think it it they do, in ways, fail the Joe character by not fully having his voice embody his body when he's with external elements. Yeah. 
I think I think they could have just done that a lot better now that we've like seen it again like it took me the second I'm not gonna lie it took me the second or third time watching it to see that element of it but then now I feel like it's gonna be one of those every time I watch it I'm not gonna be able to unsee it and that makes me a little bit mad too oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to do that (laughs) no 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 that's don't apologize for that I'm just saying like you know when you get like those little once you notice something and you can't unnotice it yeah. and now I'm just gonna watch it and be like come on Pixar <laughs> okay we can't discuss this movie without talking about some of the other like very big names involved Felicia Rashad voices Lippa Joe's mom Questlove voices Curly who is Joe's former student who brings him on to this big gig David Diggs voices Paul Angela Bassett voices Dorothea and she's the famed saxophone player that has the big gig that Joe's going to and then Graham Norton voices Moonwind just to name a few and as we mentioned before Tina Fey plays 22 and Jamie Foxx plays Joe so I'm like I wrote this question and I was like I don't know if I don't think I have an answer I think that it's whatever but do you think the casting for this movie was spot on or do you think Pixar could have d- done things a little differently? I mean, I don't I don't feel like I have an accurate answer for that. Because Felicia Rashad as mom is spot on, right? She's been like, America's yes, mom since is. 1984. That I, that I believe through and through. Like that I'm cool with. I also, I love Angela Bassett oh, so much. She, Her and Jumping Angela- the Broom is like that's one of my mom's like all time me and my mom watched that movie so many times like when it first came out I don't know why it just it (laughs) hit us in the giggles and like Paula Patton mixed girl representation right there she's half black yeah she's beautiful Mm -hmm. I loved that movie for so long but then I started watching 911 and she's in that as well and like I've seen her oh yeah Angela Bassett is in 911 I forgot yeah she's dating Adam Braverman in that show isn't she Mm -hmm. yes Thank you for calling him Adam. (laughs) Thank you. Love that so much. I know that he was on a show prior to Parenthood. I think it was like Six Feet Under or something. No, he wasn't. Just Parenthood. parenthood. Like you're always Always and forever going to be Adam Braverman. And you're dating Lorelai Gilmer in real life. We're just going to ignore the fact that you play brother and sister on TV. (laughs) Your face right now. I'm uncomfortable. Sorry. Anyway, so I love her. I've. Yes, I'm about her. Who else did I have written down? There was someone else. Isn't Questlove um, in Roots? Yes. And so him playing Curly the drummer was just I, amazing. I mean, it is amazing. But then I also sometimes wonder, I'm like, does he get tired of being cast as like a drummer character? But he's such an amazing drummer and he's so music focused. Like he has taken his passion for music and ran with it. Like, yes, he has done so many cool fucking things. He's been a music supervisor on so many movies that have just stellar soundtracks have you listened to his podcast no it's called quest love supreme and he's had so like he did a two-part episode with mariah carey it was a three-hour interview they broke it down into hour and a half it was so good like i don't know how he does it but he gets these celebrities to be candid in a way that we've not really seen before and i love it Like I listened to the one he did with Anthony Mackie, who plays the Falcon in the Marvel movies. And it was, I was like, I think I'm definitely crushing over here because that he's amazing. Like, I don't care that you have four kids. Yeah. Anthony Mackie, you come to California. I'll take care of you. Uh, (laughs) 
So I don't listen to every episode because they're all like an hour and a half long sometimes, but I'll look to see who he's had on and I'll listen based on the guests, but he's great. He's got a team. Like, I think that if I ever met him, I would not, I would be that stupid fangirl who can't make sentences because I've been listening to the roots since the nineties, probably shouldn't have been because of my age. And like when Jimmy Fallon picked up the roots to be his house band, I was like, I'm glad I'm not the only one who sees how valuable they are to the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry, I they just were... went down that. I cut you off. I apologize. No, no, they like they are. They're such a God. They're such a good band. And so when I realized it, I, hearing all the voices, it always takes me a beat or like a second time watching it to figure out who everybody is. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not a like I'm not the best with names as is like for anybody. I just know like the people that I've seen over and over and over again. Well, and I stuff. think Questlove technically in the credits goes by his real name. I don't think he's credited as Questlove. I think he's credited by his, you know, actual name. That could help too. But like, even if I saw, like, here's the other thing. I saw the casting list and I recognized all of the faces. Yeah. I couldn't tell you 90% of their names though. <laughs> nope. And I that's that. for every movie, that's every TV show. Like, I, yeah. this is not me being anything. I just can't remember people's names. However, once I know, like, you can, but I'll remember their character name. Don't worry. I'll Don't remember worry. that useless info. Like, Moonwind, but- the, um... The guy who's like is so he's the, I love how on earth he's the guy on the corner with the sign who's super yes. into it, but then in um wherever they are the great before the great, the great beyond. before the great beyond like the middle the place between. between the two, <clears throat> and he's like on this ship and he's like a sailor and he's just yes. like here to make everything better. And I grant do you uh, the Graham Norton show is so fucking funny. He's the host. Graham Norton is obviously a title name and um, it's a chat show. And so all of the guests are on the couch for the entire hour of the show. And it's so he's so funny. He's just oh, he's a he's his voice makes me happy. It It fills me with joy. He's got a great voice for um, doing animation. Like I loved his voice on his show anyway, when he talks to people, like he does, you know, comedy bits and stuff too. But like seeing him in animation, it was like Graham Norton. There's also the guy that's in what I like to call every Pixar movie. He's just one of the random like (laughs) guys. He's like the truck in cars he's in luca he's in monsters inc he's a he's rex's toy in toy story like he's just that the um what's his name i forget his name isn't he from he's, cheers isn't that the guy from cheers he probably yeah probably it's that guy the big the old white guy mm-hmm. with like the white beard he's got what i like to call yeah, he was like, the mailman on cheers like mouse smile like yeah but he cliff, has cliff on cheers to, i think that was his name on cheers perfect you know so much <laughs> I don't, i'm like i just know that like he's every time there's a pixar movie you hear that guy's voice in one of the characters and you're like where does this is this all he does yes. he just voices the little like one character in pixar yeah. movies and he just makes bank because that's the job i want i and just want to be you know living off of those friend he's also living off those cheers royalties yeah. too you know I'm sure. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Okay. So it I got to get my royalties in first before I can become just this little standalone one-off voice actor. 
Well, I don't so think so. There's tons there. of voice actors that you like have huge amounts of credits that nobody knows who they are, but they would know their voice. Yeah. I love that though. Yeah. I feel like he's one of those people. It's like one like, of those. And he's in, like, and it's specifically Pixar movies. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to work for Pixar? I would think. True. That's a fun time. I, I would think. For sure. I don't know. Listen, I've only worked in I government and nonprofits. So my experience is limited and slightly pathetic <laughs> but i did love just um, sounds like burnouty. yeah i guess it is i'm tired there is do you some... think that okay let me ask the question to you mm-hmm. do you think that they could have done a better job casting or do you think that the cast was good but you personally would have made alternate choices because i think that that's a fair question i think that like in general, when people have a vision for a creative project, this might have been their vision, all of these characters mm-hmm. or all of these voices. Like that mm-hmm. could have just been what they heard when they made all these people. But that is not always, you know, mm-hmm. the same for everybody. And there could be something where you create like this character and everyone else agrees that this is the person we want to be it, the face for. And everyone, and they're like, no, that's not who I had in mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Fan cults always do that. Yeah. So I want to know your opinion. Do you think that we could have done a better casting job or do you think it was a good job? So here's my thing. I first time I watched this, like the casting was great. Great choice in Questlove. I will follow him to the ends of the earth. Obviously, Mama Claire. Yes, please. Angela Bassett is a fucking queen. Like, duh. I love Tina Fey. I loved her on SNL. I watched every episode of 30 Rock on television before I had a DVR in my house. And I think she's hilarious. With that said, I also know that there's slight controversy around Tina Fey and people who are not white. So she's had like, there's an episode of 30 Rock that didn't land well. Um, I think it, something to do with blackface, if I recall correctly, and then also she had made this um, weekend update appearance um, a couple years ago and um, where she's eating a cake and like has this speech about like women's rights or whatever. That didn't land well for some non-white people. So I think when you think about those things and then pull the context of people being cranky that her voice is in Joe for the bulk of the movie, it feels frustrating. Yes. But I also yes. think she did a really great job. So I'm like torn because I love Fair. Tina Fey, but I'm not blind to the unintentional. I'm choosing to believe it's unintentional. I don't know. I don't think she has a malicious bone in her body. She could for all I know. So I think, you know, I love that choice. But also I think maybe once they cast her, they should have really been better about leaning into how they swap those voices. That or maybe like. Again, if we just had someone else, like, all together, like, yes, she can make the movie wonderful, but there's just as many wonderful other actresses out there that might not be as, I don't know. Well known. I'm not going to say I problematic because I don't feel like she's problematic. She's not problematic because like, she's had a couple of run-ins like, that suck. She, yeah, that's all I mean is, like, there's mm-hmm. probably someone out there who's equally as talented, equally as wonderful, who has not had those couple of run-ins and who could have performed Pixar's Not Well Done 
voiceover cross change that would have made people at least a little bit happier. I wonder if Pixar felt that they needed every single main-ish character to be a big name because there have been movies like you could do like I'm trying I'm trying to think of a Pixar movie where the whole main cast isn't already super well known. How about Luca? The new one? Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. It's harder now when your child's grown. I don't you know, know to watch like Yeah, fair. I just like we just watched it and I like I don't I know that there's probably famous people in it, but but they're not broadly famous I can't like think off universal. the top of my head. Sure. I'm you might just like pull it up and make me feel dumb. <clears throat> no, I'm I'm not gonna do that. I am gonna pull up the cast though and see. Cause again, I haven't watched it yet. No, but you're right. Uh, I noticed that now that oh, you Maya Rudolph it, is in Pixar's it. Jim Gaffigan. Sorry, you were talking. I apologize. Okay, go never ahead. mind. No, no, no. Go ahead. Saucer Baron Cohen. No, no, no. Tell me that. Tell me what they were. Okay, so Maya Rudolph plays Daniela Paguero. Is that how you say it? I don't oh, know. Okay. Daniela. Um, I'm assuming she's a motherish character. Jim Gaffigan plays mm-hmm. Lorenzo. Oh, I wonder if he's married to Maya Rudolph's character because they have the same last name. Mm-hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen is Uncle. That's mom Ugo. and dad. That's mom and dad. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so that's three big. Names okay, never I mind. I lied. But the others could be. Like, I don't know who these kids are. Jacob Tremblay. Okay, see, there we go. That's why. Those oh, he's Canadian. Not, that's probably why I thought that. They're not main the main characters are the kids. They're not at all those parents. So the famous oh. people in that Pixar movie are not the main characters. Main gotcha. characters are the children, like straight up. Mm-hmm. So I didn't recognize their voices. And the parents are in the movie, obviously, but they are parents in a Pixar movie so they're not really seen as often you hear them yeah. about as much as you hear Andy's mom oh a young boy experiences an unforgettable seaside summer on the Italian Riviera I say that five times Italian Riviera filled with gelato pasta and endless scooter rides why do I feel like that's a rom-com that should be made <laughs> oh honestly though I'm <laughs> someone posted a tiktok that was like try to tell me luca's not the starting um stages of a little gay relationship and they pointed out all the things and i was like it's so true they're two little boys that have their first crush that's cute i should like that's how it is yeah you should i think you would like it i just know after it came out there was you know people a lot of critics were like oh is pixar losing its touch this one wasn't as strong and da, da, da. And i was like the fuck like what is going on it was so, wonderful it was such a good story it's such a good message and the critics can go shit on themselves because they just want big life themes all the time and it's like no this was a beautiful story and it was like i told i turned to taylor and i was like oh, they have a tan character i they have a tan kid on here it looks like me and he just looked at me weird and i was like there's always always been like white characters or black characters there's never been like a tan character i'm like that's how i look all summer like that's super and then like right next to him is friend who looks like me in the winter like that's exciting for me like yeah. it's exciting to have a tan character totally he's like okay <laughs> I wonder if critics get not jaded isn't the right word, but I wonder if they get so wrapped up in having to provide critique and opinion that they no longer can enjoy 
movies at face value also because sometimes children's movie you have to remember this movie wasn't made for a critic in a theater this movie was made to teach children life lessons or good like valuable lessons yeah it wasn't made for you 50 year old man critiquing it it was made for the seven-year-old in my living room like yeah just you have to you have to watch it through that lens as well as a critic you can't sit here and just talk about all the big themes you also have to remember there's a childlike innocence to movies as well that mm-hmm. we're allowed to be because I think we're allowed that, to like yeah because I think I couldn't actually make it as a movie critic because I very rarely dislike anything because I'm always like finding relatability or you know it's beautiful or whatever and so even if I have problems with it at the end of the day like like gossip girl like the new one there's problems with it I'm still watching that shit and I still like it (laughs) I think that's I think everybody can say that at this point we're all just we're all trying our best to do better but there's some stuff we like that we gotta just indulge in yeah yeah Okay, so overall, this film, Soul, has been received positively by audiences. I think the criticism is fair, considering it's very rare to have a lead character in an in an animated feature that is Black. I also think we have to start somewhere, right? Like, we have to start somewhere. Just like Black Panther, Soul is yet another example that movies with Black leads can be mainstream big blockbuster hits. So with that said, let's talk about what we thought of the film and and if we liked it and why or why not like let's just tell I loved it I okay I thought it was beautiful visually Mm -hmm. I thought that it was very creative the way that they created the pre-beyond and post beyond mm-hmm. i don't know if that i can't remember the, the yeah the great the great the great beyond, beyond and the great before and the, yeah <laughs> sorry it took you saying it for me to remember hey it works like that sometimes yeah and i i felt joe's emotions and wants and desires so deeply that i couldn't critique anything about it negatively and then when i started reading articles about it i was like oh yeah i guess that's true oh yeah i could see why they say that um and i loved the way they played with the concept of souls right like mm-hmm. soul number 22 this bitch has been around forever because 22 she- Abe Lincoln, Galileo. She had all these great mentor, like quote mentors. And yeah. no one, like, oh, that was the key. I loved that. That's what made me realize, like, oh my, this 22nd soul created. Yes. <laughs> like that's kind of crazy when you think of or it's just super wild when you think about it, because that goes back a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, I feel like, okay. I how did you feel about the lack of God aspect to it? Because for so long, I would say movies have, especially with afterlife or death, like qualities, they tend to focus on any type of religion. It doesn't even, I mean, obviously where we are, it's mostly Christian or like a, a form of Christianity, but I would say in general, like all death type movies tend to find some sort of like god religious quality and i loved so much and definitely when i was in the thick of grief that they didn't focus at all on religion it was strictly about just like a 
like your soul, your mm-hmm. soul being in this place before and your soul being in this place after, but it wasn't, it wasn't because you were X, Y, or Z and it, you didn't have to do X, Y, or Z. And you didn't even have to acknowledge X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. It was just, we knew that you were going to be going to go do life experiences. And when you're done with them, you'll be back into a safe place yeah. and then go enjoy the time that concept it might scare other people like not having that to me that was way more freeing mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. and it was so like helpful for me and my grief to go like okay and I think like also the great before sounds like the cutest little way right? to like talk about a pregnancy like what the great before like all these little souls up there yeah. like, what are we doing I could not handle the amount of times though that they're given like self-absorbed right? personalities out like this one's gonna be this megalomaniac and, and I was like oh, and then they're like no. that's earth's problem because someone was like don't you think we should probably like dial it back and she's like that's earth's problem yeah <laughs> earth's problem she's like now. these five are gonna be insecure these 12 are gonna be self-absorbed off you go pushes them <laughs> into the earth and then like that guy's like oh we're sending a lot of bad qualities to earth and she's like "Mm, sucks to be earth like I loved that so much because I was just like whether or not you want to believe that specific thing that you come programmed with certain qualities or not I don't think you are I think it's life experiences but like just made me laugh that some people really are just nature versus nurture like you really are just it's ingrained in them they're gonna be a little self-absorbed or they're gonna be a little insecure or this or that and that made me like Ugh, that made me laugh so hard because I'm like what soul number was I up there and what did they like what did they tack on to me before they threw me into the pit right but I I agree with you though I did love that there wasn't a god element because I think there's so much hold on religion when it comes to those conversations that for those of us who are agnostic or for those who are atheist, you know, that's not a belief system they hold. And so to acknowledge it's acknowledging that there's other belief systems out there and showing it in a way where you could still interpret that there might be God if you wanted to, but it's still like you could, whatever your belief system about God going into this movie, I feel like you're not walking away being angry about it. It had a very like ambiguous ending too. Yes. So like if you want to decide that that afterlife was heaven, that's on you. If you didn't, that's on mm-hmm. you. If you want to decide that he's living happily ever after, that's on you. If you want to see that he's now paralyzed in fear, that's on you. Like they left it so open to not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. And I loved that aspect of it. I also have to mention just because we talked about casting for so long, <sighs> I personally love that they made the souls and that they made the especially the mentors geometrical like shapes yeah and just like two-dimension type things and like when they go I loved that so much because I feel like it really made you focus on the story yeah and not in the concept of like what they're trying to talk about and you weren't getting too wrapped up in like how we got wrapped up in you know the other characters like Mm -hmm. because it's as humans that's what we're gonna do I love that when they were talking about those such big, especially for kids, you know, they're talking about big concepts, like they left it simple enough that like, it's not, you're not focusing on, oh, that character looks funny or that character has cool hair, or, you know, something. Mm-hmm. It's just 
a shape telling yeah. you these great things. And yeah. it's like, think that was very powerful, at least to me. And it was super helpful in the movie to kind of keep the trajectory of like open-mindedness. Yeah, because those souls aren't assigned to anyone before they leave the planet or leave Mm -hmm. the great before and so it leaves it open for anything to happen which I really like but I also also, like it shows why are you like any sort of like judgmental about anybody else because you all look the same before you get here and you all leave the same after you're gone you know that's an interesting point that maybe I wonder if Pixar was intentional in pointing out that racism is a as a construct and and you know that's what I was getting or trying to like go off of like I because like it that. is a learned behavior and it it's is. not learned until you are exposed to that by on people earth. on earth by people who are you know typically older than you and guiding you because in the great beyond and the great before you're right that shit just doesn't it didn't matter everyone was happy and and and, and friendly or whatever. but I, I mean I think like they did a couple little blue bobs blobs or especially Joe's character was somewhat shaped like him in the yes. movie too. Just, I think so it was easier to follow his character Correct. in the sea of blue blobs. Right. But I just, in general, I like that they took that element out. And so you can really just focus on the concepts I know, but yeah. on the other hand, I know a lot of people were being bugged by that because it was like, Oh, the first black centered movie. And you don't get to experience like the blackness all the time, which I can't, understand you know by experience but I would I can understand why that would be frustrating for Mm -hmm. somebody so I see that element so I'm not saying that I just really like that they explained big concepts with like a no yeah no at all type of this isn't anybody this is just a shape I struggle with the idea of always having every element of blackness in a film because blackness is not a monolith you know, it's not the same for everyone. There's what we see in on movies and television, that's just one element of Black culture. And so for me, because the way that my Blackness manifested growing up, it's not always resembled. Like, yeah, we grew up on Motown and yeah, we had jazz in the house and all of those traditional concepts we relate to Blackness there's other bits too. Like my grandfather would have rather lived on a farm the rest of his life than live in a city. So like he's country, like that's a country folk. And like he watched Westerns and Westerns and baseball. And so this idea that you have to include all of the black experience in a storyline that has a black person, I guess I struggle with because Growing up in Modesto, California, your blackness isn't the same as growing up in Oakland or LA Mm -hmm. or Detroit or New York City or Miami. Like it is different everywhere you go. And yes, there's elements that you can pick that are the same, like macaroni and cheese is always gonna be a side dish or like, you know, there's like, that's at my house too. You know, so there's like, or like, like there's elements of it that are true across the board but then when you get into the regional breakdown I so I'm still I'm still working it's hard to kind of put like a socio-economical or regional or any type of like thing that's not like inherently 
coming from within. Yeah. So with the article about, you know, the criticism of not fully encompassing the black experience, you know, that writer's coming from his experience, but his black experience and my black experience are different black experiences. So Mm -hmm. what, what, I would actually, that's a really, I wonder if I could find him on Twitter and tweet at him in an, in a, in a positive way, not in like, not coming at this in a combative way. I'm just curious, like what part of the black experience would, did he feel is missing from the narrative? Because I wonder if that's not the point, you know, there was maybe they intentionally left out on purpose because they wanted to focus on this one element. And it's like, we talked about, um, did you and I talk about that on the moms episode where it's like you have these characters on TV who are moms, but for some of the moms, it's not, we don't see them being moms. We just know they yeah. have children. And then for others, that's who they are on the show. So you're plucking one element of who they are and showing it. So I'd be curious to see, cause I get. It's hard also to criticize a movie for not encompassing all these things. Cause it's like, yeah, no movie no hour and a half long yeah, it's an hour movie is going to encompass <laughs> every experience you've ever had yeah. like, for anybody, anywhere. And so I think like critics get a little bit too critical in that sense where it's like, yes, we do still have a bunch of progress to make. And mm-hmm. yes, we do have all these things. But I think that this movie genuinely, the bigger focus was the soul aspect. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was... And I think that they tried to do their best to connect all of what they thought, you know, the soulful, like, connections they could make were. But again, you can't encompass every single thing. Like, you just, it's impossible in any art form. And it becomes that point of, like, what's our focus? What's our story? I do that shit at work all the time. Somebody will throw me a vague. What's the focus? Yeah, someone will throw me a vague request. I need this. And it could be, for example, I don't know something very vague. I want this. And then I'll, what's the, what's the intention of what we're trying to say? That's always what I come back with when I get a vague request. And if they can't answer me, then we need to sit down and have a conversation and flesh that out because there's so many different angles in which you can come to a story that we need to figure out what's the angle that is the best way we can tell the story and then go from there. And for me, I'm like, you know, First of all, Black Panther proved that you can give us a big blockbuster movie and we'll show up in droves and give you all of our money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so give us more blockbuster movies, okay? So tell us stop more. saying, yeah, stop saying that black films don't make money because we've proven several times now that that's not true. Um, that's a lie too. Like the only reason they don't make money is because you're not putting them in there. Like the business 101 is just putting the product in a place that's accessible for the most people. And if you're not doing that, then your marketing strategy has flaws yes get a new marketing director yes and so feel like obviously we talked about the flaws that that were part of this movie but at the same time they did it the same time they're teaching children not to be afraid of death take that in for a second every other movie from disney and pixar up to before this point tragic death tragic death oh my god the montage scene and um tragic What's the one up the montage scene and up? Oh my god! Yeah, don't kill fucking me with balling. that. Like, fucking balling. Fucking balling. How like is a, this appropriate it's a two for children? Minute, it's a two-minute portion, and I got to experience a whole love story, and I'm unwell after it. Like, no. Correct. But this yeah. is the first time that you have to remember. 
this movie was for children and it was to teach them about coming to earth not because you need to achieve anything not because you need to do anything uh, but to experience it to find joy in it to live life in it and to find happiness in your soul like Mm -hmm. that's what the whole I think that's what they really were trying to focus on and when you go back to that when you stop taking your adult mindsets you know your adult problems to this movie when you go they're teaching kids is such a beautiful lesson Mm -hmm. that there was a, you know, there was a time where you weren't here. Mm-hmm. There's a time now that you are here and there's going to be a time where you're not here anymore. Right. And it's all okay. Right. It's all okay. It's all normal. It's all part of life. And every single person experiences it. And that's why I think that when you kind of take a step back every once in a while and you remind yourself like, this is a children's movie. Mm-hmm. It's so well done. They did an amazing job on telling that specific yes. story two children and it won best feature for an academy or best animated feature for an academy award like that's huge because again you know black stories are typically left out of the conversation for being nominated for awards and yes this isn't like the black a black story in the way that we know and understand black stories to be it's it's another deviation of that it's another version of that and so it's something that doesn't include the traditional traumas that we associate with black stories because picture is not going to do that but death is a big thing that's a big and it's also how wonderful to create new types of normal for the black community Mm -hmm. just because it wasn't the normal in media before doesn't mean it wasn't normal right now that this is here that is somebody's norm someone out there at least one person out there is feeling normal right now because of that movie and yeah. that's sometimes all that art is meant to do yep it makes you feel do you even have a soul if you don't feel during art no no you don't so watching soul the first time was hard because i wasn't in a good place personally i was suffering from jealousy and disappointment because i had had such high expectations for my post high school life and the movie felt like i was staring into a mirror minus the death part of course and that rocked me right like the idea like his the speech his mom gave and just all these things and i feel sometimes that as much as we do this whole like moms are everything we still have zero value on humans raising humans. And so that's hard. And so I had been toying with this idea, like, like last year and around this time that this movie came out, I'd been toying with this idea of starting, like, just start from the beginning, just fucking once you're free from daily parenting, go off and just start from the beginning, get a job as a PA, see if you can get in the writer's room, whatever. But I also kind of recognized that I'd be like dealing, like competing against people my child's age. And that was also kind of scary too, because now I'm not like young and hip. I'm like old enough to be their parents. And so in February of 2021, I decided it was time to give it a try in the way that I could. And so I feel like I've, I've been Joe so many times chasing and hoping and trying in the face of get a real job that this movie made me like you say with the normal normalizing things this movie made me think it's still worth it to try yeah always it's always worth it to try it's always worth it to experience life because just like the trumpet thing like remember it hurts to try and not like 
succeed. It hurts to try and not get everything you're going after. However, it's going to hurt you way more to stop trying to do the things you love to do. Mm -hmm. That will hurt you and fill you with more poison than trying and failing because trying and failing gets you one step closer each time. And it even betters you as a person each time, even if it's not in your work or creatively, it betters you as a resilient person. Mm -hmm. It betters you in learning how to look at yourself and readapt your own readapt, like reevaluate sure. whatever like you were trying to put out there and fix whatever you can to try again. Like, yeah. And I think that's all part about of, effort. I think that's where my jealousy and disappointment was coming from. I had to give up things I had, and it wasn't really a choice. Like, yeah, we have choices, but it wasn't a choice. You had two options and neither of them had good outcomes. One would be suffer my family suffering. And one of them would be me suffering. So I'm just going to make me suffer because why not? Less right? people, less people, less collateral damage. And so because I had quit those things that I needed as part of my self-care, my sustenance, but I didn't realize it at the time. Mm-hmm bitterness and anger that you were speaking of, like I was, that was inside of me and it's not as much anymore now that I understand how I can get out of that. And like that, my life isn't over. And I think that's, what's so beautiful about soul. Joe's got gray in his hair, gray in his mustache, Mm -hmm. you know, he's not young and he's worked so hard and influenced so many people, so many children. And he still was able to make something happen for himself though. I do have to say at the end when he does get his chance to play with them and his disappointment about how, like, he was like, man, was that was a great show. I was get to this. Yeah. And she's like, oh yeah, that was a great show. You don't get many like those blah, blah. And he just, the disappointment on his face about how mm-hmm. like he finally made it, but it's not really that great. It wasn't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. In his own mind. And I think when the, I don't like, what I was like, going to get to the metaphor about the water that she said, the ocean. Yes. That was, that resonated with me so much where it's like, I don't know if anyone remembers it's, I don't have it word for word, but basically she'd said like, there's a fish that, want, that kept ocean. screaming. I want to go to the ocean. I want to go to the ocean. And they're like, you're in in the ocean and they're like this is water I want the ocean and it's like boom that's it you can I always say like I want to be a writer someday I want to I want to be a podcaster someday I want to do that I want to be a photographer someday I want to do this one day and I stopped doing that this year I and now instead whenever the day I feel like that I go okay and I'll take my camera and I start taking pictures or okay and I get my book and I start writing things down and I'm like I was a writer today and then I give myself that credit like Mm -hmm. I wrote things down and that's what it takes to be that step I need to stop or everybody needs to stop being their own enemy and by tearing themselves down before they even try the task that would propel them forward that's the thing, right? Like it takes hard work. It takes time. Joe had so many moments in his hall of life that felt sad, felt lonely, felt depressing, but he needed all of those pieces to get to that point because he impacted Curly. Curly didn't forget him. Mm-hmm. Curly called him up. Curly was his advocate throughout the entire film and he showed up and he crushed it. Because he never stopped trying. 
And that's the part that's the hardest because our society is. is constructed to beat us down and to quit. I was just having this conversation with my friend the other day. I was like, how do people do this full-time job plus their creative projects on the side? I feel like I'm going to fucking die some days. Like I feel like I am working seven days a week and I don't get any rest and I need rest because I'm not good if I don't rest. But then it's like, I'm not good if I don't do my creative projects, but then I don't, I'm not good if I don't go to work. And it's like, you're stuck in this never ending cycle where you're going yeah, bouncing between all the different things you need to be a human, but yeah. our society's not set up to let you allow all of right. it. It's so cruel. Oh That's my gosh. Crazy. Christina today was great. Do you want to tell people where they could find you if they want to keep up with you online? Uh, you can head over to my Instagram. I'm at Christina KJ, um, on Instagram and that's about it. Uh, soul (laughs) is currently on Disney plus, which requires a subscription. Sorry, friends, if you don't have it, but also if you don't have it, what are you doing? What what is even your life right now? Disney plus has national geographic on it, which, Oh my God. Have you seen the Jeff Goldblum show? that he does i've watched a couple episodes oh, i watched Jeff all of them Goldblum. i like such a like so many good documentaries on there just it's, saying yeah they're taking over the world watch out guys watch out friends well thanks for tuning in y'all until next time we'll see you soon bye, bye.